We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Outside the Trenches. We welcome on our special guest. He is a host of Good Morning Football. He is an author and he is a supporter of Chiefs Kingdom long before it was popular and cool and mainstream. <laughs> Mr. Peter Schreger. Peter, thank you so much for joining us, man. What's up, brother? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, we were joking just a minute ago that we've spent so much time over the years talking about the, the Chiefs and then Patrick Mahomes when he was drafted and Andy Reid and Brett Veach and all the moves that they make that now I want to switch it. I want to put the attention on you a little bit because we yeah. haven't got into this. And the reason why is that so many people listening to this and just football fans in general watch Good Morning Football. And as somebody who's been in this business, the dynamic of you and Kay and Kyle and Nate you guys are so good together and that's so hard to find that dynamic and that vibe between all of you to make it informational and entertaining for a casual fan. And then for like NFL coaches who come out and say like, that's the show that we watch. That's what we have on uh, in our building. That's what it was for the chiefs. It was always on. Um, how did that kind of come together and how did you put yourself in a position to be one of those four people to be on the most popular show in the NFL right now? Yeah, I got a call um, July of 2016 and the NFL Network is trying to start from scratch a new morning show. And I was working for Fox. I had never worked a day in my life for NFL Network. And I got a call, and it was from someone named Michael Davies, who runs his own independent production house. So it's not an NFL Network producer. And he said, uh, we really like you. We like what you bring to Fox. We like what you've done in the written space as well as being on camera. Um, would you be interested in this show? And I'm like, I can't do it. I work for Fox. Like I, I got, a, I got a job already. I can't do it. I would love to entertain it, but I don't work for the NFL network and I'll never <laughs> stop thanking this guy, Jacob Ullman, who works at Fox. I went to him and my bosses, Brad Zager and John Ince at Fox. I'm like, this thing came about it's Monday to Friday. I could still do all my stuff on the weekend. Am I allowed to, like I asked permission and they're like, yeah, it'll help you help your brand. It'll help, uh, you know, your exposure. So go ahead and try out. Turns out there was no tryout. They basically offered me the job as the reporter on the show. And I think mm -hmm. the reasoning was I don't necessarily not look, but I don't talk. I don't actually do the things that maybe Schefter and Rappaport and Pelissero and Garofolo and Glazer, those guys are so dialed in. 
Mine is more, here's the story behind the story a little bit. Like I'm not going to be breaking ankle injury news or in this case, some of this COVID stuff as well as Tom or Ian or Adam. Um, But I was kind of like, here, here's what I am. I'm the guy who you're going to talk to at the bar and I'll have a little bit more information and I'll give you what the coaches are saying. I'm going to give you an insight into what the GMs and coaches are talking about because that's been my career relationships, information. Sure enough, they put us together. We were on air within a couple of days and we had to just, uh, basically trial by fire and, and <laughs> sink or swim. And I think that first season, thank God the NFL network kept us on. There was a lot of sinking, <laughs> but, uh, we're swimming now. So those are friends of mine. Those are people that are, as I see them more than my family, you know, the yeah. Kyle, Nate and Kay and the producers as well. So we got really lucky. We got the benefit of time and we got the benefit of just good chemistry. But I, I always say the key to it, is that Nate Burleson, who had this 11-year NFL career, did not know any of us really that well and always mm-hmm. treated us like an equal. And I think that's the key. When the ex-player comes in and looks at Kyle Brandt, who's a former soap opera star or <laughs> you know, was on reality yeah. TV, but treats him like an equal and his football insight matters and the ex-player is not rolling his eyes, that's a big deal. So Nate is the key to it all, really, just from the start and the launch of the show to giving us all that platform and that credibility on the program with him. Yeah, it's funny you say that because there are a lot of people in the league and not to to bring up names, but having the the humility to cover football and not pretend that you know everything about the game. But that doesn't mean you can't bring value, whether it's entertainment or like you said, the story behind the story and that I dealt with that. And it's funny that the more you you show people or tell people like you don't know the more respect that you get. I don't know if that's the same with Nate. I don't know Nate, but like, you know, Duke Manyweather is a good friend of mine. He's an offensive line guy. And from the moment we first met years ago, I've been asking him like even some basic football things. Like I just want to make sure I'm seeing this correctly. And to his credit, like he's never made me feel like dumb for asking this question. Like, how do you not know this or any of that? He just, he appreciates that I want the correct information. And that's what I want to put out there because now with Twitter and opinions that there's a lot of stuff out there that's not correct. And that people in this, um, in this space, like treat you the right way when you show some humility and you want to learn the game. It's, it's, you know, and BJ, I'd say this, I don't, I don't need to hear you talking X's and O's. I don't want to hear you talking X's and O's. I'm being being serious. And I don't know if I want to hear from Duke. I don't know if I want to hear from Baldinger or Jeff Schwartz. Like that is, that is for coaches, a lot of that X's and O's stuff. So when we come in yeah. and we're humble and we are, you know, saying that we would love to go into the all 22, but that's not what our audience is looking for at seven in the morning. Yeah. It's not. So we'll highlight the stuff that Baldinger does, which is among the best in the league. We'll highlight what Daniel yeah. Jeremiah does and we'll show that stuff. But like, I don't want to hear from Burleson and he's an ex player. Yeah. I don't care. I, I, it's just not what I want. So it, it's you know to each his own but like talking football shouldn't take a graduate degree to be able to do it if we're all fans we all have our own perspectives and if we respect that it's great and if nate does want to get into how marquise hollywood brown can separate from a corner and what the greg roman offense does then great i'll listen but if he doesn't i think we're fine (laughs) with that too just tell me what you think that's what the key is and that's why our show is a little bit different Yeah. And that's why it's entertaining. That's why it appeals to a lot of people, because a lot of people don't care about that kind of stuff. Even if you kind of want to know a little bit more about what happened or why, then you can get there's plenty of people that can like you just mentioned a lot of the best. Like you can get that information. But the thing I want to ask, even from when you started NFL Network and you've been in this business for a long time, because I get it asked. I'm sure you get asked all the time, too, from from, you know, college students, high school students that want to get into this business that ask for advice. Just what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? 
um, kind of in this that if you could go back and give yourself this advice back when you before you started at Fox, you know, what piece of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> My advice that I think I've actually been lucky enough to to heed it for a bit, but I say this a lot, like, don't be an asshole. Like, don't be an asshole. Don't <laughs> yeah. be an asshole. Like when you talk to someone that you are asking for a favor, like really appreciate it. Or if you're, if you're working with someone that you, that you want to, you know, gain some, gain some knowledge from, like really show them that you give it back. And I think the best people in our industry are actually the nicest guys and gals. Like, honestly, I think, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman treat everyone really well. Jim Nance and Tony Romo, you won't hear a bad word about them. Um, right down to the studio shows and any industry. So it sounds so trite and so like, but like everyone's going to have to work hard. Everyone's going to have to have a huge champion in their corner to push them forward. And everyone's going to need to bring a little something to the table. But all it takes is one person to say, you know what? I just don't like dealing with him or I don't like dealing with her or I did this person a favor. I, you know, and they never thanked me like that stuff matters. And it's the little stuff because the same producers that were the segment producers or were doing the stats with you like five years ago are eventually going to be the network executives. So treat yeah. them well, treat everybody well. Um, fortunately, I work with three people on air who are not assholes. And over the course <laughs> of my career, I've dealt with pretty much great people, but you hear horror stories. And a lot of times yeah. it doesn't work out for those folks. Yeah, the world becomes very small <laughs> when you get yes. into this and you want to network with people because, like you said, a lot of the resumes and people's experiences are very similar. So what separates sure. you and it's it's people saying good things about you. Do I want do you are you somebody that I want to work with every single day? Are you somebody you want to be around yeah. all day, every day? Because like you said, you spend more time with them than you do with your family. Um, what's the favorite before we get into the second segment? What's yeah. your favorite random thing about being in this line of work and not just like hanging out with like talking football and like the obvious things, but like what's just the random thing that you love about doing this? All right. So the vain part of it, the part that is like totally self-involved and vain, it's that any time I'm going out with my wife's friends or any time I'm going out on like a dinner party or any time I'm meeting a new real estate agent and they ask, what do you do? I don't need to dance around the topic and say the, you know, I work in finance and I, I analyze, you know, debt and security backed mortgages. Like I, I cover the NFL for a living and immediately yeah. I'm the coolest guy in the room. And it's what, <laughs> and it's not because of the, the, because I love what I do. I actually have yeah. such great passion for it. And I, you know, I, it's funny. People always ask me like, well, what's next for your career? And I'm like, I don't want to say like the, that I'm limited, but like, I really like what I'm doing right now. Like I love yeah. what I'm doing right now. So I think the best part about what I'm doing is that I wake up every morning and I don't dread putting on a tie and putting on a belt and combing my hair to go, work in an office that, you know, I just know that I don't love working at. So it sounds self-involved and vain, but like, I really like what I do. No, not at all. You're proud of what you do. Uh, my random thing is whenever we go on the road, when I was with the Chiefs, uh, whenever we go on the road, I right when we got to the stadium, I would just walk out onto the field because I could. So and I just cool. walk out like nobody stopped because I grew up like, a fan. Old. Like I was up in the stands, like looking down. Never and now gets I can just, old. No, I just walk around. I'm like, nobody's stopping me. Like I can stand here on the 50 yard line and take a selfie. Like I'm just going to stay here and do this because I can. I'll give you, I'll give you one more that I always, I always love. That's like a random thing, but like there's nothing better than going to the NFL draft scouting combine, which you have gone to a million <laughs> times and yeah. being able to walk up to any person in the NFL, any person introduce myself, 
and say, I work on good morning football. I've won. And like them coming back to me and being like, I know who you are. Like that will never get old. So if it's Pete Carroll, who I'd never met until a couple of years ago, or it's Sean Payton, or if it's whoever, an agent, whatever, like that's the coolest, like rewarding part. You put the work in every single day and you do it without any pats on the back and without any adulation. And it, whether it's writing articles for the Kansas city star, or whether it's doing, you know, social, social media hype videos, to then have someone on the back end be like, no, I know who you are. I appreciate it without you having to parade it yourself all the time. That's a cool yeah. deal. Yeah. I'll say going to the combine and like the senior bowl, it just, you do it enough. And then you see people and it's just like, Hey man, how's it going? And now that it's like Chris Ballard's over there and Doug Peterson yep. and Matt Nagy, it's like, Hey guys, you know. what's going on? I know yeah. these people. Let's get, now I just need Eric Bieniemy to get a job. I need Mike Borgonzi to go get a job. Yeah. I need all these people to go everywhere. And then I'll just know all these guys around the league, but um, no, that's all good stuff, Peter. Now I want to switch and talk a little chiefs with you. Can't have you come on and not talk no. a little bit of chiefs here, but, um, one of the things locally, and I, you guys have probably spoke about it on, on good morning football, but I'm in a weird place because I want to talk about the dynasty talk because yeah. I've, I've convinced myself, especially with the job changes that I've made and the reason that I made it. it, it with, you know, I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. It's about living in the moment, being where your feet are and just living right now. Yeah. This dynasty talk is about what the next five or 10 years are going to look like. And it's in some ways, and Sam Mellinger's a friend of mine, he writes for the Kansas City Star. He mentioned in one of his articles lately that it's it's premature and kind of disrespectful to how hard it is to start talking about that right now. Whereas for myself, I don't want to be the guy in 10 years to be like, why didn't I appreciate why that I while appreciate it was it? happening? So yeah. it's like, where do you fall in line? Is our Chiefs fans in Kansas City, can we talk dynasty or is that a little early or can you just let us know how you feel about how we should feel about this situation? <laughs> I'd argue Sam is one of the best NFL writers slash columnists in uh, the entire country. I don't know him. I've sat, I think I sat next to him in a press box one time. I don't know him. I love his work and I've loved his work Great for dude. years. Yeah. yeah. And I would say his job is to be objective and be reasoned and be rational. But shit, if I'm a fan of the team, enjoy every moment. Like, yeah. enjoy this. It doesn't happen. I have friends who are Cleveland Browns fans. I have friends who are Atlanta Falcons fans. Like this doesn't happen. So you are one of the lucky ones. Like you are a lucky one. Like this is, this is it. It gets dawned on certain fan bases every 20 years in sports. And whether you were a Bulls fan in the nineties or you were a Patriots fan in the two thousands, like if you're a chiefs fan and you're worried about, you know, jumping the gun, I would say, jump the gun, jump the gun every day <laughs> and enjoy this moment, but also enjoy the future. The fact of the matter is you would think they would have dismantled that team that every other team would have raided the chiefs coaching staff and free agents last off season after what they did. And guess what? The enemy's still coaching. Kafka's still coaching. Uh, Spags has his whole defensive staff and all those free agents, whether it be Breland or Robinson or, or Jones, like they're all back. Like they all came yeah. back and they could have gone elsewhere. So I, I think that dynasty talk, of course, is premature, but I don't ever shy away from it. It is reality. This team is head and shoulders, the best team in the NFL. They haven't lost. And we're recording this on October 7th, whatever. We hope there's a game this weekend. They haven't yeah. lost in 332 days. If you can't enjoy that and take a moment to at least pull yourself out of it and be like, this is the best damn time as a fan I've ever had. I don't have to tell you like that February for the chiefs. How cool is that? How cool is the parade? And the world got knocked on its ass. It got knocked yeah. on its ass. It almost cut that victory feeling short. And then the season somehow picks up, which is a modern miracle. And they haven't lost since. Like, it's unbelievable they found a way to pick this up. So 
I'd say enjoy it. I, I guess All right. seize the moment, enjoy it, because it ain't going to be like this forever. You heard it from Peter Schrager. Print the T-shirts. We're good to go. He, he gave us That's permission it. to do that. Well, um, yeah, talking about the COVID, because saw reports of Raiders – player testing positive Stefan Gilmore test positive after playing the chiefs and just all the storylines. And there's going to be more, it's going to be more by the time we're done recording yeah. this, something else is going to pop up just as somebody who covers the league and is responsible looking back 20 years from now, when people try to document and tell documentaries about how weird this was, they're going to go back and pull footage and pull stuff from good morning football about how you guys were documenting. How much have you guys talked about just how strange this is, what it's going to mean historically and knowing that like, People are going to come back and and use what you guys are saying, and just everybody who's documenting this is a part of history in that way. That's a great, great question. I've never thought of it that way. We haven't had the time to really think of it like that because wow. every day these tests come out around nine o'clock a.m. Eastern. So we'll do two hours of a show that's been dynamite, and we're talking Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, <laughs> and what's Josh Allen doing, and check out this great catch by Cole Beasley. And then our show is knocked on its ass by news that Stefan Gilmore has it, two Titans players have it, a Raiders player has it, and now the games are in doubt. Okay, rejigger, readjust, <laughs> we're alive. What do you got? And my phone, my job on the show is to be the reporter of the insider. So fortunately, I'm aided by Tom Belisero and Ian Rapport, mm-hmm. Mike Garofolo at the NFL Network, who have great contacts and they're usually breaking this news. But like I'm texting all the different front office guys and the coaches <laughs> and the PR guys and people at the league trying to get information too. And it's just, it's every day is a new day. Look, on Sundays, I work on the Fox NFL kickoff show, which is on mm-hmm. Fox and I'm their news guy. And it's with Carissa Thompson and Colin Coward and Michael Vick and Tony Gonzalez. And those Saturday nights, I don't sleep. I'm working the phones. Like, are we going to have a game? Yeah. Is there news or something? Like, that Saints deal last week, it got brushed over because of whatever happened. But like, a Saints player tested positive. They were on the plane. They landed. They thought that their game might be canceled. Then he tests negative and then he tests negative again and then there is a game and they fall down 14 nothing like i don't know it's just it's one of those crazy years and we don't even come on monday and talk about it because it happened over the weekend and the story has already changed but like that's what yeah. we're dealing with look i'm looking at photos and visuals as we speak of Stephon gilmore hugging patrick mahomes i yeah. know that's not good i know that's not good i don't know what that means i know it's not good i also know that tomorrow whatever i prepare for to do on the show it's probably going to change by the time I sit in that chair. So if anything, it's, it's taught me um, to just be ready for anything and don't put your foot in your mouth. Like don't put your foot in your mouth. Don't say something that you're going to regret because in today's day and age, that stuff lives. (laughs) Yeah. And it lives forever and you'll get reminded every single time. All right. Last question I've got for you, because I know uh, you've got a relationship with Brett Veach. Is there a favorite story of Brett Veach that you can share a conversation that's, um, they won't get a text message for, uh, for being able to share or just the chiefs related story. I'll open it up to not just Brett. Yeah. Uh, well, Patrick, yeah. any of anybody. I've been friendly with Brett for a long time. I, and it, uh, it goes back to when he was in that transition from Eagles to, to Chiefs. So mm-hmm. it could go a long way with that. I would say, um, my favorite, like my connection to the Chiefs story. Um, you know what? I'll take it to like a, a celebrity side of it because I can All go right. inside of conversations I have with those guys. I'm not sure what they'd want to reveal and what they wouldn't. Um, right. The truth is that, that Andy Reed wanted to take the Sean Watson. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's just me <laughs> saying, uh, yeah, try to cause some problems. No, um, I'm at the Super Bowl when it's Rams versus Patriots and our show is humming along and it was the Mahomes 
MVP season, they just come up short, and I was feeling myself because I had predicted that Mahomes would have this big breakout year. He did, and yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, listen to enough Peter Schrager, the man, talk from the Kansas City fans on Twitter, <laughs> and I was loving myself. And we get to the Super Bowl, and you know I'm at the game, and it's unbelievable. And because we had our show, we got free tickets to the game, or we got credentials, whatever it was. We got to go to the Super Super Bowl because we were talking about the show on Monday, and I was super excited mm-hmm. to do that. And I get there and I get one of these credentials and, you know, uh, we're, we're, we've got this area that's roped off. That's like a little green room area. And there's an end to this story. I promise BJ, we get to this area and it's my wife and I, cause she was with me that week. And we, that's why I said the NFL network, like you can bring a guest to this. So it was cool. And my stomach's in knots because I've, I've also known McVeigh a long time and he's a friend. Like I don't throw that around often. A lot of these guys I know from work and we text, but like McVeigh's a friend. And he's yeah. about to coach in the Super Bowl against Belichick. So I'm all in this. And I'm like, holy crap. When I hear, yo, yo. <laughs> and I'm like, who's yelling, yo, yo. And it's like, you, you. And then it's just like a fist pump. And I'm like, all right. And it's from like 100 yards away. And it's the actor, Paul Rudd. And he's <laughs> yeah. freaking out. And he's and he's just pointing at me like, you, you, you. And he's like, come over here. And I'm like, well, I'll come over to you. Like, am I allowed where you are? You know, he's flanked by John Hamm and whoever else. And immediately yeah. it was a hug and an embrace. And he just said to me like the most sincere thing. And he was like, you don't understand. Like, as a Chiefs fan, it's been 20, 30 years since we can like love ourselves and like be allowed to love ourselves without someone bringing up the playoff losses in Arrowhead, without someone else bringing up you know, that, that we were the number one seed this year, that year, and Lynn Elliott and all this stuff. He's like, you and your show gave me the ability to love the Chiefs and my son the ability to love the Chiefs and do it outwardly and be proud of our team without the giant fear of it falling apart. And he's like, you guys doing that and putting away all the demons this season meant so much to me and my family. And I got like emotional. I'm like, I don't even know this guy. Yeah. But BJ, knowing you've got kids, knowing so many fans, like, I grew up in a Yankees fan household and a Giants fan household in football. Giants won Super Bowls. Yankees won rings. I never dealt with this like feeling that the other <laughs> shoe was going to drop. To hear that, especially from a celebrity actor, comedian who is awesome and hilarious and the most friendly guy and has all the great traits yeah. of what you want in someone, to hear that from Paul Rudd was such a cool deal. And he kind of symbolized the entire Chiefs fan base for me. And I've heard that since from so many Chiefs fans saying – when I talk positively about my homes, when I'm cocksure and arrogant that the Chiefs are going to blow out the Ravens, when I do that kind of stuff on air, it goes next level for Chiefs fans, and it really means a lot, and it gives them the ability to feel that way. So to me, that that is a sentimental moment, more so than the fact that Brett Veach actually wanted to draft Trubisky, but he was off the board, so he settled for Mahomes. <laughs> I, two quick stories. One, I'll share this with you because I shared this on a different podcast, and I feel like the statute of limitations are gone now, yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't Brett, even. so... We were at Radio Row in Houston a few years ago before that Super Bowl. And uh, Stein, uh, Lee uh, Steinberg and Matt, his son, were walking around Radio Row with Mahomes and Jamal Williams saying, like, who wants to interview okay. these guys? And, like, I had the Chiefs tables the first time I had been at Radio Row for a Super Bowl, just like, hey, what content we, can we get? So we went down there and <laughs> we sit Mahomes down. And we've used the interview since because it was three months before we drafted so him. Take, take the time. This isn't the same Super Bowl because I'm talking about when Mahomes already established. You're talking before Mahomes was drafted. College. Yeah, before he was even drafted. Got so it. like back down, the, the game was played in Houston. Um, and now I can't remember the two teams. It was Falcons versus uh, versus Patriots. 
Yes. 28 to three. All right. Yeah, that one. Uh, so we're on radio row, we sit down Mahomes. We talked to him for like 10 minutes. We've used the interview a lot, but there was like a three minute segment from the beginning in the interview that we just cut out completely. And we deleted off the raw footage that never got put onto our server because I asked him, I go, you know, what do you know about the chiefs? And he goes, well, Chris Ballard has come down to like, like four of my games. We've gone out to dinner a whole lot. And I, I know him really well. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like, okay. That is awesome. We can't use any of this. I'm not even yep. going to follow up with you. And he's kind of looked at me and I was like, Chris Ballard is not an area scout. <laughs> like Chris Ballard is the guy. And so and he ended up getting the, the Colts job not too long after that. Yeah. But as soon as he said that, I was like, we really like you. Yes, <laughs> I was like, we're, never talking about it again. Our hand. Yes. <laughs> I was like, never bringing it. This is great. It'll get a lot of views. But and I will be updating my resume. Pick. We got the 27th pick. How are we going to do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as soon as we traded up at 10, I was like, I think I have a pretty good idea. Like Deshaun, I was like, I don't think so. I don't yeah. know if we sent Ballard to Deshaun every week, but um, no, that's that's really funny. When you mentioned the Super Bowl, you know, going on the sidelines, I thought you were going to call me out for my fanboy moment. And Peter, I, I swear to you, top five, like top three, like fanboy moments I ever had with the Chiefs. You were involved in one at the end yeah. of the Super Bowl. Do you remember seeing me and we took a yeah. selfie and I was just running yeah. around like, oh my we, God. We were on this ride we together, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. That was uh, that was a crazy experience. But Peter Schrager, good morning football. Thank you so much for joining us here. Obviously, Chiefs fans are listening to us know that uh, that you've been a supporter. But um, what they don't know is that you talk about like nice people in this business. And I'll always you, Charles Davis, Field Yates. There are other good people, but you are the three guys that have always been good to me and always been good to everyone that I've seen. And uh, that shouldn't go unnoticed in, in today's day and age. So we appreciate it. You know it. why? Because you're a great guy and you do a really good job and you've always been nothing but a gentleman. And I would say, let it fly media, Jack <laughs> Stack Barbecue. You're all in good hands with BJ. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Peter. We'll talk soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.